I'm Lauren Weymouth, Director of the University Blockchain Research Initiative at Ripple, recording from San Francisco, and welcome back to Season 3 of All About Blockchain. The top episodes based on downloads so far have been about real estate tokenization, healthcare, and sustainability goals. Thank you for your minds, your hearts, your ears. We really appreciate your listening to drive these conversations and hope it is making you think about blockchain and how it can serve in your own orbits. The gap shifting blockchain from emerging to mainstream technology is filling more quickly than ever expected. It's hard to avoid the rise of cryptocurrency, but awareness of this unique technology behind it is growing. Developers who recognize the value of blockchain are racing to create new use cases for it and put their ideas into production. We love talking to these innovators of the hour. We're all figuring out how to use this tech to better our lives. And today, we'll be discussing blockchain-based election systems. What if we could increase voter participation and election credibility via secure, verifiable online voting for governmental elections? Real-world trials have already occurred. Like in 2018, the Thai Democratic Party held a primary election to elect its new party leader using Zcoin, making it the first large-scale political election carried out using blockchain technology. Researchers continue to improve upon these systems to utilize the mutability, transparency, and distributed consensus properties of blockchain. We have Arnab Ghosh joining us. He's a research assistant and master's graduate of electrical and computer engineering program at the University of Waterloo in Canada. He proposed a blockchain-based election architecture using the XRP ledger, and we'll hear about his proof of concept. Welcome, Arnab. Hello. How are you, Lauren? So take us back to the beginning. How did you get into blockchain? Probably at around 2002. 12 to 13, uh, this craze about blockchain started uh, coming up because at that time it was mostly about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And especially in 2017 or 18, Bitcoin took a huge leap, like uh, the, the price of Bitcoin started going up. So I was interested, how come this, this thing is going up? What is the reason behind it? What is the concept behind this kind of a currency? And that is how I learned uh, first about blockchain. I did some research myself and I saw that like Bitcoin is just one of the applications of blockchain. The blockchain as a concept is not only limited to cryptocurrency. It has certain very useful properties uh, which can be used in a variety of domains. Of course, after coming here, I learned more about the concepts used and different kinds of blockchain. And I wanted to develop something for the society based on blockchain, which will be very useful. The, the problems relating to which have not yet been solved an election system which is based on this kind of technology. I want to hear more about when you got to the University of Waterloo, how you were surrounded by other researchers also interested in blockchain. What is the vibe going on now at University of Waterloo? Definitely in the recent few years, a number of researchers on blockchain have gone up. I have talked to many people in research groups here, including not only in my research group, but in also other research groups. They are working on different aspects of blockchain such as increasing the speed of transactions, strengthening the cryptography, security of smart contracts, especially with uh, relation to Ethereum, and researching on various other applications of blockchain. So yeah, the blockchain has been coming up as an area of increased uh, interest in research. I would still say that we could do more. We can bring more people into this domain who might be interested to develop this technology further and probably develop more interesting applications for the greater good of the society. So we heard you say that what motivated you to design a new voting system was that you were trying to do something good for society and tackle problems that existed that you thought blockchain could help solve for. What were the problems with the existing voting system? 
If we talk about the most prevalent voting systems, which are based on mostly ballot paper, the problem is accessibility because in the 21st century, people don't have this much of time to go to the election booth, stand in a queue for hours and then cast their vote. People are busy. People are busy with their daily course. People are busy with working, developing some interesting stuff. And often we see that voting involves going to the election booth, uh, then waiting for a certain amount of time. And many people actually don't derive direct benefits from the election as such. So what happens is that they become disinterested and we have turnouts going down in various parts of the world. Apart from that, there are always these allegations that the election authority, which is considered to be under the government, they are doing something to to manipulate the system or uh, the votes. We saw in the recent election in U.S. probably a year back that there were many allegations that the votes counted were not real votes or there were some fake uh, fake votes or votes were changed or things like that. We need to develop the election systems uh, as per the technology in the 21st century. Ballot paper, probably it was good, uh, good for the 20th century. So it's an old concept, it's a proven concept, but in 21st century, to match up with the needs of the society, to match up with the technological advances, I feel we need to advance uh, our voting systems as well. So inspiring. You set out to conquer voter apathy and voter fraud. What are the characteristics of blockchain systems that make blockchain suitable for building a voting system? I think the biggest advantage of blockchain is that it is transparent and also, of course, it's an immutable ledger. The main problem with legacy election systems is that one is the corruption allegations. So if we have a transparent system and if we have an immutable system, we can solve these kinds of issues. And the second thing is that any blockchain-based system will probably be an internet-based voting system. So it will be completely accessible. The technology behind behind blockchain is not too complicated or too difficult to understand for even for the layman. It will be also easier to gain trust of the society in a blockchain-based voting system. All right. So this digital ledger, thanks to encryption and decentralization, helps the database keep those transactions so that they're incorruptible, right? It's, and it's easy to record and verify what's been logged. Are there cybersecurity considerations here? In any system, suppose I have a blockchain and I'm sending some data, I can send encrypted data as well. But there's always concerns about, you know, uh, the interface. The main concern is if I'm sending data to a network, what about the gap between me and that network? What about the security there? Once I'm in the network, of course, I can provide some encryption schemes and do some data hiding kind of things. And the other thing is, of course, uh, authentication. Uh, the authentication process should be trustable. And if there is a problem with the authentication system, then the whole system breaks. Because if a person can vote twice, or if, suppose, a person who is not eligible is able to vote, then again, the whole system you know, breaks down. So we need to take care of authentication and also need to take care of that gap between when you send a vote and when the vote is in the network in its encrypted form. So this is a novel concept, but there's already many voting systems based on blockchain. We've seen some Ethereum-based election applications before. Could you elaborate a little bit on their advantages and disadvantages that led you to your own architecture? There have been many blockchain voting systems which have been developed. Some of them are internet-based voting systems, some are not. For example, you have the Votarium system, which is not completely internet-based because you need to go to the booth to cast the vote. 
Uh, there, there are other voting systems, for example, Agora voting system. Their voting system is based on authority, which approves the vote. So you can say there is a certain degree of centralization in their voting scheme. And in many of the voting scheme, you don't have uh, the property of individual verification. Some of the voting schemes don't have fairness. You know, the votes should not be revealed before the election process is completely over. Otherwise, uh, it might influence the voters to vote for a particular candidate. And that kind of breaks the election system. And then you have some voting systems which don't have this property that the voter can change the vote. So in my system, if the voter wants to change his mind and vote for a different candidate before the end of the election, he can do so. But in many other systems, this property is not present. And there's another thing that if the voter votes for a certain candidate, he should not be able to prove to a third party that he has voted for that candidate. So in many of the proposed election systems, this property is not present. And I have also tried to take care of this property as well in my proposed system. So the Ethereum-based election applications lack certain properties such as coercion resistance and fairness, which are essential for successful conduct of elections. Are we also looking at large-scale election process? What's the scalability of blockchain networks? Is this an important consideration? Yes, scalability is a very important consideration for blockchain-based election systems. If you see uh, Bitcoin-based systems, they require around a few minutes for confirmation. And so if we conduct a blockchain-based election on Bitcoin, then it will probably take a few weeks or months. Even in Ethereum, which is one of the faster blockchains, it gives around 30 transactions per second. And if you conduct elections on that kind of a system, it will still probably take a few days. In case of the XRPL ledger, the transactions per second is around 1,500, which is 50 times that of Ethereum. If we scale up to national level, that issue will be even more stark. I think the XRPL offers a significant advantage in terms of scalability of these systems and ability to implement these systems on a larger scale. So we hear that scalability of blockchain networks is an important consideration. Now, there are tech startups advocating for using blockchain tech to boost voter turnout and improve public trust. There's Horizon State and Utah GOP just use TV and other apps like Votes have been deployed in state and county elections. So I'm sure you researched these uh, companies in bringing about a voting populace on blockchain. Did you borrow any features or improve upon some features? Many of the blockchain systems use a, a token system for voting. So that is something which they have borrowed from some of these systems. The vote is stored in the blockchain in all of these systems. So that property is uh, there in my system as well. One property which uh, I had to borrow was the voter ID. So the ID should be supplied by someone. So uh, You're talking about digital ID. identification. Like I go to vote and yeah. I prove that I am Lauren. I'm the one voting and then it's locked. Yes, but then how do you prove that you're Lauren, you haven't voted before, you're voting for the first time and you're eligible to vote? you'll probably give some biometric identification. What will that be matched with? It will be matched with some kind of a database which is built up by some authorities. That is still a work in progress to get rid of that kind of an authority. This is present in many other election schemes. In fact, many election schemes have more than one authority, an authority which provides the token, an authority which registers. So we are actually trying to get rid of these authorities because if you have an authority in the system then there's always going to be allegations that you know this is controlled by someone an authority is always controlled by someone we want to get rid of these so we are working on it got it mm -hmm. and why did you choose the xrp ledger to build your system what advantages did you get from the xrp ledger 
I think the main advantage was the speed of XRP Ledger because, you know, it, it is around 1500 transactions per second. The time for verification is only around eight seconds compared to around five minutes for Ethereum. So that is one of the main advantages of XRP Ledger. You can easily scale this system up so that it can be used for a practical application. And that is actually what motivated me to use XRPL blockchain instead of, say, some other blockchains such as Bitcoin or Ethereum. The speed and also the simplicity of the of the voting scheme. I'm storing the vote directly in the blockchain. So the encrypted vote, the transactions in the XRP Ledger has a memos field where I can send any data. For Ethereum, I don't think there's a field like that where we can send like any amount of data to store in the blockchain. Uh, of course, Ethereum has its own advantages. They have smart contracts. So in Ethereum-based uh, blockchain systems, we can probably use smart contracts instead of sending the vote as a transaction. I'm glad you brought up smart contracts because I did think using an XRP ledger to construct a voting system was innovative because it does not support smart contracts, although there are smart contracts amendments like hooks. Did this bring you any challenges and how did you go about solving this problem? The fairness of the election system might become a bit of a problem. For now, I have used server to generate the keys and use secret sharing for the scheme. The other, other alternative is to use distributed key generation. The only thing without the smart contracts is that we need a certain number of tellers to be honest. So, for example, there are 10 tellers. If we use a distributed secret generation or a secret sharing scheme, which is like N out of K, so we need N out of K tellers to be honest. So, yeah, that is a workaround I have used in a system without smart contracts. And why did you choose to do that instead of using the Hooks Amendment? that brings about a smart contract language into the blockchain? I think uh, the Hooks Amendment, uh, yeah, that can also be used. We can try that as well. I wanted to develop a workaround for smart contracts so that we can use current XRPL ledger. I think it's a reasonable approximation that 7 out of 10 or 6 out of 10 tallies is honest. I think even in a Bitcoin blockchain, you assume 51% users are honest. That is a reasonable assumption. Of course, we can use smart contracts as well. That will be a variation of this system. And in future, I will definitely look to implement it on the hook system as well. Well, it's good to hear that you have multiple ways of solving that challenge. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how most blockchain systems are public distributed ledgers. They can make everything on the ledger transparent, traceable, and dependable. But this brings some privacy concerns to the voting process. How did you tackle this problem in your system? So in our system, we use data hiding at every stage. So for example, if the voter is communicating his data to suppose the node or to to the authentication server, the data there is always encrypted and even the vote is encrypted and the vote cannot be revealed unless the talliers come together or if there's some dishonest talliers more than N out of K and the private key is revealed before the a vote is over. In that case, probably the vote can be revealed before the election is over. And even then, the voter is never tied to his vote. The voter just sends an anonymous token with the vote. That token is no way related to the voter. And if we see the vote as a whole, the encrypted vote, which is sent by the voter, no party can actually make out that that vote has been sent by that particular voter. It's the token which validates the vote and not the voters. That is how we achieve anonymity and uh, fairness in the system. Now, you mentioned that this was a voting system to replace the paper-based system. Is this a general voting system that can be applied to all voting scenarios, like preferential voting systems, closed voting systems, etc.? 
So I think uh, preferential voting systems is an easy modification because the vote is actually being concatenated to a random message and that has been encrypted. So the vote message can be as long as we want it to be. So we can just include the preferences in order and we can send that as a transaction in the blockchain. I don't think that requires a significant modification. So we can use the scheme even for a preferential voting system. Do you think societies can accept such a voting system? Uh, well, there are always going to be doubters, and I accept that there are certain certain weaknesses we are working on. Like I told you earlier, that there is still an aspect of an authority in the authentication side that we are looking to replace. And then there's always people who, who are going to point at the, the assumptions that N out of K will be honest. Probably we can use some other systems, even in smart contracts. If you use smart contracts, uh, smart contracts have their own security issues as well. We are trying to improve the system and with improvements, if we can explain this technology to the public, then in time, probably the public is going to accept a system which is based on blockchain. I think the biggest mistake that most companies make, which are developing the system, is that they don't make their code public. They don't make their exact technology public. You know, if you see the white papers, in many of the white papers, you know, they have a concept, but uh, do they provide the code or do they provide the exact systems they're using? Many of the papers and many of the white papers and articles, they don't really provide what exact technology they're using. And that actually makes people doubt those systems because they think that if the company is not revealing what exact technology they're using, what is happening to the vote at every stage, then people start to doubt the system and researchers then say, what about you know, this aspect of, of security? What about the gap? between the blockchain and the voter and things like that. In this case, we want to make the system as public as possible. Everything that happens to the vote is totally transparent. So I think that will actually help people accept the system faster. So you're a big fan of open source? Yes, I think open source is very important, especially in a democratic system. You know, If I don't make it open source, if I just you know, say, okay, I've developed a system based on this and this, what is the proof? No one will accept such a system. You know, there'll be always detractors who will say that, okay, the system might have this, uh, this kind of deficiency, this might have uh, security uh, issues. And I might respond to that. I might say that, okay, it does not have. But who is going to believe me if my code is not public? So I think that is a big, big factor. So say you make some improvements and you've tested it out and find in trials that this is a fair system that works how do you go about promoting such technology to people? So I think uh, the first step is to carry out small-scale elections, probably college elections, university elections. And once those processes go on smoothly, college and universities, these places are from where every startup or every small technology starts. So in, if we implement this in university elections, it will influence the minds of uh, a lot of uh, young people. Slowly over time, we can move forward to maybe... Uh, county elections or state city elections and then move further up the hierarchy. You know, if the young population accepts this kind of a system, then I think uh, slowly acceptance will increase among the general public as well. So what are your next steps? Apart from working on the implement of the system, I'm also implementing the system on, on AWS. For that, we require certain resources. We are having a, a conversation about how to arrange for those resources. And once that is done, propose this kind of a system for an election in our university, that is University of Waterloo, for student elections. If that is successful, then uh, 
probably we can take it up a level further, publish it in a journal that will enable us to receive some feedback as well from researchers who have been working in this area. Probably we can improve more and improve the visibility as well. And then we can take it up another level, probably to city uh, city elections, and then we can take it up further. If, if one of the corporate guys from these tech startups just try to hire you after they hear this podcast, would you take the job? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on who, who the, the, the tech, tech company okay. is. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. You know, I think I forgot to ask you, tell us about your proof of concept. I implemented a Ripple node on Raspberry Pi and uh, connected it to the test network. And the voting code is implemented on another Raspberry So that we have like 10 Raspberries here. Some of them are acting as voters. And so... The vote is sent from one Raspi to another and then to the XRPL test network. In another machine, I have implemented the counting site code and it downloads the votes from the, the XRPL test blockchain and counts and then displays the results. That was the initial system I developed. The reason I chose Raspi is that the cost of such a system is very low and we don't need much resources. Of course, if you want to implement it on AWS Cloud, which is my plan right now, then there are some costs involved with it because uh, we need certain infrastructure for that, which is not free. We are having a conversation about that, uh, how to do that. The Raspberry-based system was very helpful in testing out the proof of concept that the system works. Of course, the speed in, in Raspberries is an issue because Raspberries are not really meant for such heavy applications. So probably we'll get a better idea of the speed of the system on the AWS cloud. Well, it makes sense to us that a student wants to go after a device that is low cost at first just to prove it. And then on your second round, you'll use something like AWS Machine, which has high capacity that's meant for high performance, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're a research assistant now and you're going to continue on your own project. Do you see yourself continuing to work in blockchain? Well, of course, the next four months is assured that I will work on this scheme, improvement of this scheme. Then probably, probably will try to convince the university for conducting student elections on this kind of a system and then see where it goes from there. Even in the long run, I plan to keep working on blockchain. Election is one of the fields. Probably I, I look at other fields where this kind of technology can be used and develop new use cases for the use of society. So four years from now, 2025, what do you want to see happen? I think election systems need to be reformed. We are using the same election systems as we used in the 1900s. In the 21st century, we can do everything for an order, our groceries from a smartphone, we can hold meetings on a smartphone. But why is not that the case with election systems? We can yeah, even, you, even you do can banking. You can stream movies from, a, from space. Yeah, so why not, uh, why not the same thing with election systems? Why do we still have to walk to a booth and sign on a piece of paper? And we still have the same issues. I'm not sure by 2025, but given a time span of 10 or 12 years, I would like to see secure online election systems which are accepted by the larger society. Arnab, where can our listeners learn more about your work? Right now, my thesis is up on the UW Space, which is the website for thesis at University of Waterloo. And also, I plan to publish a paper soon in either the Financial Cryptography Conference or in one of the journals later in the year. And probably that will provide more visibility to this kind of a scheme. Later, I would also make the, my code public on Git once it's totally cleaned up. And I want that to be public as well because it's very important that 
the code is public and the people know what exactly I have done, that will not only help me get feedback, that will also help people build trust in this kind of a system. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want people to know about that I haven't asked you that you haven't already shared? I think you have asked me <laughs> most of the questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Arnab. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Well, we appreciate your work. Arnab, your work looks to secure a way for people to cast their votes and to verify that it was counted correctly. Thank you for pioneering the future of elections and for trying to make online voting safe. We enjoyed hearing about your work and hosting you on Uber's podcast, All About Blockchain. And listeners, thank you for giving us your time today. If you have any questions about this episode or feedback for new episodes, please reach out to uberi at ripple.com. 